Please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 7, and I'll read verse 11b as our text this morning, the subject, the anger of God. Psalm 7, verse 11b, and let's go to the Lord in prayer before the message. Our Father, we're thankful today for the Lord Jesus and His work on Calvary's cross that we've just sung about. We pray today that Your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to the Word of God, that we might see the truth of, these, of this subject that we're about to consider. We pray that You would bring conviction of sin in our lives and show us the Savior as the one who uh, has redeemed us, the one who uh, has uh, suffered all that we deserve to suffer for our sins. We're grateful for your grace in sending Christ to be the propitiation for our sins. We pray these things in Christ Jesus' holy name and for his sake. Amen. Can God be angry? Our text says God is angry with the wicked every day. The scripture also says in John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Some people deny that God has anger and wrath. They believe that God has love and grace and goodness, but not anger. Many people believe that God is all love and He wouldn't hurt a flea. I recently read a post on Facebook that is typical of such people. This post said, quote, We have rejected Jesus, but His love for us is still the same. Unquote. Any number of times I have read and heard this and similar statements. But according to God's Word, such statements are at most untrue and at least misleading. God is not all love. Our text tells us very clearly that God is angry with the wicked every day. In the message this morning, we're going to consider three questions raised by our text. The first of which is, what is the anger of God? Our text tells us that God is angry. But what does God's Word mean when it speaks of God's anger? God's anger and wrath are often, uh, they often speak of the same thing in Scripture. And yet sometimes His anger and His wrath seem to be distinct things. In such cases, God's anger is a lower and lesser degree of His wrath. And His wrath is the height of his anger. Turn with me to Psalm 69 and verse 24. 
Psalm 69 and verse 24 uh, speaks of God's anger and wrath as being the same. Here the psalmist is speaking to God and he says, Pour out thine indignation upon them and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Looking at some biblical descriptions of God's anger will help us define His anger. God's anger is often described as His fierce anger, such as the case in Numbers 25 and verse 4. Please turn to Numbers 25 and verse 4. <clears throat> This was after the men of Israel had committed whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Numbers 25, 4. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. Sometimes the scriptures speak of the fury of of God's anger, such as the case in Isaiah 42, 24 and 25. So let's turn to that scripture. Isaiah 42, 24 and 25. In this passage, the prophet asks, Who gave Jacob for a spoil, and Israel to the robbers. Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his law. Therefore he hath poured upon him the fury of his anger, and the strength of battle, and it hath set him on fire round about, yet he knew not, and it burned him, Yet he laid it not to heart. God's word also speaks sometimes of God's fiery anger. It's interesting and significant that the Hebrew word that is translated anger uh, in God's word actually means or literally means to burn. The word anger literally means to burn when it refers to God's anger. In this aspect, God's anger is sometimes uh, said in Scripture to be kindled as we would kindle a fire. Turn to Psalm 2 and verse 12. Psalm chapter 2 and verse 12. The Scripture speaks here of God's anger and wrath being kindled. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry with lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Next turn to Exodus 15 and verse 7. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 7 uses the same imagery in describing God's anger. When Moses said to God about Pharaoh's army, in what is called the Song of Moses. And in the greatness of thine excellency, 
Thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. The imagery still there is fire, burning up those wicked people like stubble. Then look at Exodus 22, just a few pages over. Exodus 22 and verse 24. God's wrath is threatened here against evildoers in Israel. And it's still the imagery of fire that's behind it. And my wrath shall wax hot or grow hot. And I will kill you with the sword and your wives shall be widows and your children fatherless. Deuteronomy 29:24 speaks of the heat of God's great anger. Look at Deuteronomy, the fifth book in the Bible, chapter 29 and verse 24. Deuteronomy 29:24. Even all nations shall say, Wherefore hath the Lord done this unto this land? What meaneth the heat of this great anger? And then look down the page at verse 20. Verse 20 of this same chapter says, The Lord will not spare him, but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. Many times the scripture speaks of the power of God's anger. For example, turn to Psalm 90 and verse 11. Psalm chapter 90 and verse 11. Here the scripture asks God, Who knoweth the power of thine anger? And Job 9, 5 says that God's anger overturns the mountains, or in His anger He overturns the mountains. Look at Job 9 and verse 5. Job chapter 9 and verse 5. Which removeth the mountains, and they knew not, which overturneth them, in his anger. God's anger is so powerful that no one can stand before him when he is angry. Look at Psalm 7610. Psalm 76 and verse 10. The psalmist is speaking to God here in Psalm 7610. Thou, even thou, art to be feared, and who may stand in thy sight when once thou art angry? Well, let's look once at one more verse about the power of God's anger. Revelation 6, 17. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 17. This verse again is speaking to God. For the great day of, I mean speaking about God. 
For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? That's a rhetorical question, the obvious answer of which is no one. So, the scriptures say that God is angry. Why is God angry? What is, what is it about God that causes him to be angry and full of wrath? The answer is, God is absolutely holy. And that means that there is in God the total absence of sin and the total presence of moral purity and goodness. Habakkuk 1.13 says to God, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look upon iniquity. So it's God's holiness that causes him to be angry. God's holiness causes him to hate sin and be angry with the wicked. His perfect holy nature cannot tolerate the least sin. And it causes him to strike out against and send judgment on all sin and sinners. Now maybe you are one who thinks that anger is sinful and thus a God of love would never be angry. You know, I've known of preachers to indicate at least and sometimes to state that anger is always sin. Maybe you're one who thinks that way, but speaking from God's Word, not all anger is sin. Turn to Ephesians 4.26. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26 commands Christians to be angry uh, to be angry in certain situations. Ephesians 4.26 Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now anger is not the opposite of love. A father may be angry with his son and chastise him for a fault and yet clearly love that son. Why did I spank my children? Because I loved them. I wanted them to go the right direction. Anger is certainly no sin when it's found in God. Think about this one with a capital O, this one who is angry. Think about who he is. The great creator. The all-powerful, all-holy, sovereign of the universe. From the scriptures then, we have seen and should realize that the anger of God is a terrible, frightful thing. The second question we need to consider here is, with whom is God angry? Our text says, God is angry with the wicked. But who are the wicked? The wicked, in God's Word, are sinners. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God 
is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. But God's word throughout reveals God's anger. And it speaks of it as being against certain individuals and certain groups of people. First of all, God's word says that God is angry with all individual sinners. Who are the wicked? They are sinners, transgressors, trespassers, disobedient to God, rebels against Him. In 2 Chronicles 34, 25, God Himself speaks of His wrath against sinners in Judah. Turn to 2 Chronicles 34, verse 25. 2 Chronicles 34, verse 25. God's wrath, God's anger, is against individuals. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands, therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be quenched. Since all men have sinned and are sinful, the holy God is angry with all who are born into this world. Every individual person. Ephesians 2.3 says that all men, even the elect of God, are by nature the children of wrath. Let's turn to Ephesians 2 and verse 3. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3. Paul is writing to Christians here. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Next, turn to Jeremiah 17, 9. Brother Lee mentioned this one in his Bible study this morning. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. Every Christian ought to have this verse memorized. Here the Scripture says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That is the human heart and every human heart. The hearts of men are desperately wicked and God is angry with the wicked. Therefore, all men are under the anger and wrath of God. Proverbs 15.9 says, The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. And the word abomination is is the strongest word in the Bible for hatred. When a man sins against the commandments of the first table of God's law, he brings God's anger to bear. When he worships other gods and takes God's name in vain or takes God's name in blasphemy 
or breaks the Sabbath day, God is angry with him. Turn to Nehemiah 13 and verse 18. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs. Nehemiah 13 and verse 18 says that the people of Israel brought more wrath on Israel after the captivity by profaning the Sabbath. Did not your fathers thus and did not our God bring all this evil upon us and upon this city? Yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. The sin of idolatry brings God's special anger on the man or woman who practices it. Turn to Exodus chapter 20. And I want to read verses 4 and 5 here. Exodus 20, verses 4 and 5. This reveals God's third commandment. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now look at Judges 2.12. Judges chapter 2 and verse 12 relates how the sin of idolatry brings God's anger. This speaks of Israel at the time of the Judges, Judge, Judges 2.12. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, and the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. Here's another example. 1 Kings. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 16, verses 32 and 33. 1 Kings 16, 32 and 33. This tells us how Ahab provoked the Lord to anger with his idolatry. And he reared up an altar for Baal, that's a heathen idol, in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. God is angry with those who bow down to statues of Mary and statues, supposed statues of of Jesus Christ. Sins against the second table of God's law provoke God's anger as well. Disobedience to parents, false witness, murder, adultery, stealing, covetousness. Let's read Colossians 3, 5 through 9 here. Colossians chapter 3 
verses 5 through 9, sins against the second table of God's law. Sins involving our fellow man. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. God's word also says that God is angry with drunkards. It says that his anger will smoke against drunkenness. Look at Deuteronomy 29, 19 and 20. Deuteronomy 29, 19 and 20. And it come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse that he bless himself in his heart saying I shall have peace though I walk in the imagination of mine heart to add drunkenness to thirst. I the Lord will not spare him but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him, and the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. You know, drunkenness is one of the great sins of America today. Drunkenness. I read in the paper this week about a woman that lived just down the road from us who was arrested for public drunk. It's one of the sins of America. And this sin of drunkenness makes God's anger smoke against that person. So, my friend, if you are a liar, a thief, one who takes God's name in vain, if you are an adulterer, a homosexual, a trans pervert, a drunkard, or a Sabbath breaker, these things are wicked and God is angry with the wicked every day. Unbelief is another sin that brings the wrath of God. Turn to John 3.36. Most people just read over the second part of this verse. But it's in there. It's part of the Lord's words. John 3.36 He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You know that word abide doesn't mean that it visits him once in a while. It means it's, it's dwelling on him right now. And present tense, always. The Scriptures also state that God is angry with certain groups of sinners. We talked about individuals with whom He's angry. In Matthew 16, 4, 
the Lord Jesus said that his was a wicked and adulterous generation. And in Matthew 12, 45, he spoke of this wicked generation. We live in a wicked generation. A generation that morally is falling apart all around us. Now, I want us to look at some biblical examples of God's anger being poured out on wicked men. There are many awful biblical examples of the pouring out of God's anger on the wicked. First of all, there was the condemnation of Adam and all of his descendants for one sin, including death. That condemnation included death, misery, pain, suffering. Adam was the federal head and representative of all men. And when he sinned, all men sin in him. You say, where do you get that in the Scripture, Brother Justice? 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, In Adam all die. And this is why all of Adam's descendants are by nature the children of wrath. We were in him. We sinned in him. A second example of God's wrath being poured out, the destruction of the whole world in the flood of Noah's day. You think God wasn't angry? The whole world was destroyed. It was because of the vile, immoral, corrupt, pre-flood people that God brought the flood on the world of the ungodly. That's the way Peter states it in 2 Peter 2.5. God spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. A third example of God's anger being poured out is the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah with fire from heaven because of its homosexual and other sins. We read about that in Genesis 19. If you're in doubt about whether there ought to be freedom for all of that kind of trash or not, Read Genesis 19 to find out what God thinks about it. A fourth example. In Deuteronomy 9, the Lord reviewed the sins of Israel on the Exodus, which brought His anger on them. Look at Deuteronomy 9.8. We'll look at three verses in this chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 8. First of all... <clears throat> Deuteronomy 9.8 Also in Horeb ye provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was anger with you to have destroyed you. Now look at verse 19 down the page there. For I was afraid of the anger of, of the anger and hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against you to destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. Verse 22. And at Taborah, and at Massa, and at Kibroth Hattaeva, ye provoked the Lord to wrath. A fifth example of God's pouring out His anger on sinners, on the wicked. Soon, 
perhaps the seven vials of the wrath of God will be poured out on the Antichrist and his crowd as we read in Revelation 16 and verse 1. Let's turn to that. Revelation chapter 16 and verse 1. John is writing here. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. I'll tell you, it's hard to read Revelation and those terrible things that are coming without cringing those expressions of God's wrath. But, the greatest example of God's anger was when all the sins of all of God's elect were placed on Jesus Christ and at the cross He suffered the full measure of the wrath of God which all these sinners deserve. This is why the Lord Jesus cried out in Matthew 27, 46, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, at this point, it will be good to ask ourselves, what does God think about the rainbow flag flying over the White House of the United States of America? And what does God think about the drag queens in our schools? and in our churches today. The June 20th, 2023 Christian Post magazine reported this story. Quote, Historic Calvary Presbyterian Church in San Francisco hosts all ages drag queen Bible story hour. Unquote. A Chicago newspaper on June 8th, 2023 reported that Several churches in the Chicago area have hosted drag queen services, including Holy Covenant United Methodist Church and Urban Village Church. I tremble when I think of what God says in Exodus 34:7, I will by no means clear the guilty. Well, a third question. Uh, I want us to consider in looking at this text when is God angry with the wicked the text answers God is angry with the wicked every day wicked people sin every day and God is always the same in his holy nature in his attitude towards sin God is angry with the wicked every day because they sin against Him every day. Just as God's mercies are new every morning for His people, so His anger is new every morning to the wicked. Every day, the wicked do things that provoke God to anger. Every day, day after day, right this moment, God is angry with the wicked. Every day, even when in His providence God brings good things to the wicked, God is still angry with them. 
The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 5.45 that God maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. And yet He is angry with the unjust every day nevertheless. But not only is God angry with the wicked every day now, He will be angry with them throughout all eternity. Turn to Romans 2, 8 and 9. Romans chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. This speaks of God's future wrath on unbelieving sinners. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. In eternity, God's wrath will come on sinners in the fires of hell. Look at Matthew 3, 7. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? There is a future wrath of God. Now turn to 1 Thessalonians 1.10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Someday in the future, according to Matthew 25, 41, the Lord is going to say to the wicked, Depart from Me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. In Isaiah 33, 14, God calls hell devouring fire and everlasting burnings. Turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. Again, the future wrath of God. Inflaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 10.10 says of God that at His wrath the earth shall tremble and the nation shall not be able to abide His indignation. God is angry with the wicked now and will be throughout all eternity. Romans 2.5 tells us that wicked men right this moment are storing up God's wrath. It's like they're putting it in the bank and saving it up. They're storing up God's wrath and that wrath is going to be brought out against them at the day of judgment and in eternity. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation 
of the righteous judgment of God. I know it's true, and I'm thankful it's true, that God is slow to anger, as Proverbs 14.29 tells us. But He will most certainly express that anger sooner or later. Oh, my friends, God's anger is a terrible thing. Truly, as Hebrews 10.31 says, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, what hope is there for guilty sinners with whom the great God is angry every day? How can the anger of God be assuaged? The good news of the gospel, my friends, is there is forgiveness for one's wickedness. There is a way to enter into the favor of God. There is relief. There is escape from the anger and wrath of God. And it is in the propitiatory work of Jesus Christ. The death of Jesus Christ was a propitiation made to God for His people. Now, this word propitiation means literally an appeasement. Appeasement. The great anger and wrath of God has been propitiated. It has been appeased by the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Turn to Romans 5, 9. Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. Paul says to Christians here that much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. That's good news. Saved from wrath through Him. Jesus Christ has made peace between God and His people by the blood of Christ's cross. Look at Ezekiel 16.63. Ezekiel 16 and verse 63. That thou mayest remember and be confounded and never open thy mouth anymore because of thy shame when I am pacified. That's the key word. When I am pacified toward thee for all that thou hast done, saith the Lord God. Christ's death is a propitiatory sacrifice that pacifies God's anger and, between, uh, and brings peace between God and the sinner. Turn to Romans 8.32. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. God says here that in providing this propitiation, this appeasement of His anger, God did not spare His own Son. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, endured the wrath of God in the place of His people. And thus He delivered them from the wrath of God. Again, Romans 5.9 says, Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. 
In Romans 3, 24 and 25, the word propitiation occurs when it says Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Because Christ suffered and died for His people, God's wrath against them has been appeased. And this word appeased comes from the word peace, and it means to pacify, to reconcile by sacrifice. Jesus Christ is the only propitiation. Because of Christ, God can be at peace with His people. This is why Christ has the names of Shiloh and Prince of Peace. I wonder this morning, are you one of the wicked? Is God angry with you every day? Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will, ab- he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, or he will abundantly pardon. And Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. If you have seen that you are wicked, come to Christ today. Trust in His sacrificial bloodshedding and death as your propitiation with God. Say with the publican in Luke 18.1, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the word merciful here means literally, be propitious to me, a sinner. Be merciful through the propitiatory sacrifice of the Messiah. Let us pray. Now, Father, we're thankful that you, your wrath has been pacified for us in Jesus Christ, His bloodshedding and death on Calvary's cross. Father, we pray for those who may be here today without knowing Christ in the free pardon of sin. We pray that today Your Holy Spirit would bring conviction of sin in their lives and cause them to turn from their sins and turn to Christ and trust in Him for mercy and propitiation. We pray these things in Christ Jesus' holy name and for His sake. Amen.